So I want to talk about a wide receiver in this league who did not get off to the greatest of starts in his NFL career, and he also uh, has been known to carry the injury-prone tag along with him. And I'm talking about Will Fuller. Um, from 2016 to 2017, he averaged 9.7 fantasy points per game, and that's in PPR. Uh, so that's a bad start that I was talking about. So it's it, it's decent, but... Uh, 2018 to 2020, he came along in a big way, and he's averaging 14 points per game. Uh, he has been known to struggle without Deshaun Watson as his quarterback. That's obvious. Uh, the Houston Texans really haven't had serviceable, serviceable backups behind him through the previous years. And when Deshaun's in the game, though, and when Will Fuller is in the game, they created some magic. Now... He's going over to Miami. He's still carrying a one-game suspension because of his PED suspension from this previous season. But let's talk about that previous season real quick because this man was healthy and he put up 53 receptions for 879 yards and 8 touchdowns i don't have the wide receiver numbers on me uh from that point but i would imagine will fuller was a, a top eight wide receiver at that point and he um, was a top eight receiver on my team i'll tell you that this is a guy who doesn't need a majority of the target share to produce down in houston he was only getting around a 20 percent target share so he wasn't really getting that big share of the pie because who was there little man named DeAndre Hopkins, who we all know commanded a lot. So we're talking about in these previous few seasons now, obviously DeAndre Hopkins departed last year, and we saw the inflation. We saw what Will Fuller was able to do. Let's remember he was healthy through this, and you know he was able to grab these eight touchdowns. Now, he's moved to Miami. I mentioned the one-game suspension. It doesn't worry me. Uh, currently, right now, He's going around guys like Jalen Waddle, a counterpart in the Miami offense, who is a rookie. Um, and we're talking about the 10th round here. So the cost and risk on these guys is really low. Uh, unless you're trying to go for a Philip Lindsay or maybe a Hunter Henry. That's about who you're looking at getting unless you're going to start picking at defenses. So at that cost, I don't see why going for a guy like Will Fuller, who's shown he can have healthy stretches throughout the season, grabbing him in the 10th round and in a new system in Miami. I know he's missed time through the start, but I think he's going to be able to do a lot for that offense into a second year. Yeah, he had five 100-yard games, um, scored in six straight games at one point. You know, he was very consistent last year in an offense that you knew had to throw the ball a lot to catch up. What I'm a little worried about, yeah, the suspension's there, and they talk about, you know, the one time Will Fuller actually puts together a healthy season, he gets busted for PEDs, so go figure. And so I'm worried about him staying healthy, of course. I'm not, not worried about the week one he's going to miss. That's, you know, it's okay. Um, Child's play. But... Really, the distribution of targets in this Tula offense. You know, I know they paid him. They didn't really pay him big money. 
which is what he was looking for and he was on track to get before the suspension. So he's got a, he's here on a one-year prove-a-deal. Uh, we'll see what happens there. But you also have Jalen Waddle that they drafted. Uh, Devontae Parker's still there. Mike Kosicki's there. We expect Miles Gaskin to catch a little bit more passes out the backfield here too. So in an offense that is going to be throwing the ball short here and getting the ball into these playmakers' hands, I think you can see him have a role there, but there's going to be a, a bigger distribution of targets than what you were seeing in Houston last year where he was pretty much the – him and Brandon, Brandon Cooks were the only two guys in, in a, a positive game script. And Miami's defense is going to be good again, so I'm a little worried. And you're right, too, and that's – you know I don't want to tote Will Fuller as a wide receiver one. I don't want that to – uh, be what people are hearing here but at, in the 10th round you're getting him as a flex pay flex play potentially on a week-to-week basis or just based on bad matchup he's not going to be your first second or third wide receiver so you don't even need him for that week one and then maybe when that offense is rolling you you've got a a wide receiver who's able to catch a long bomb touchdown every week because that's another thing in this Miami system. I think with Tua, we're going to see a lot of just run the ball. Okay, now let's get a quick slant pass, and they're going to get this offense moving and moving and moving, and then boom, 40-yarder from Tua. And maybe Will Fuller will be on the receiving end of that. Maybe it will be Jalen Waddle. But in the 10th round, you're not spending a lot to take that chance on Will Fuller, and you, you're, you're a contract year guy, am I right? So yeah. what better than a prove-it-year deal f- to take a guy in the 10th round as a flyer and maybe he pans out? Why are we talking about a quarterback that ended 2020 as the quarterback 35 in scoring here in fantasy football? Because that quarterback was Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts had about 1,000 yards in his four games that he played. A thousand yards passing, six touchdowns, four interceptions, about another three hundred fifty yards on the ground, and three rushing touchdowns. Um, averaged around twenty three fantasy points per game in those four games. And let me read you off those four games if you forgot, because you might have. You might have been fighting for a playoff spot or getting ready for January and wouldn't have paid attention to what happened in Philadelphia here. But Jalen Hurts' fantasy points are were 19, 38, 21, and 17 in his um, four starts. And that 17 in Week 17 was against Washington through three quarters where he had two rushing touchdowns, just getting ready to come back on the Washington defense and was pulled and that prompted Joe Judge to talk about it, and Giants fans hopped on that wagon, and I don't need to rehash all of that. Hertz ended with a 52% completion percentage, and in my book, that is really bad. But that doesn't account, and this is what people fail to realize, that doesn't account for design throwaways. The previous quarterback in Philadelphia had a problem holding on to the ball too long. And so when Jalen Hurts came in in the Green Bay game, he was under very specific instructions from the previous coaching staff that if you feel pressure and your reads are not there, you throw the ball away. Avoid the turnover. 
there were 17 incompletions out of Jalen Hurts' throws that were designed throwaways. That's going to jump his completion percentage up to about 58%. And you're looking at a whole different quarterback at this point. Also working against Jalen Hurts last year was the lack of balance on the offense. In the second half of Jalen Hurts' three starts, if you remember his three starts against the Saints, the Arizona Cardinals, and the Dallas Cowboys. In the second half of those starts of Jalen Hurts' three starts there, they passed the ball 82% of the time and ran the ball 18% of the time. 82 to 18. Is that balanced? I don't think so. That just forced Jalen Hurts into some pretty bad passing situations. And in a lot of those games, he was, he was, they weren't even down pretty big. They just, they just got away from the run in the second half um, in a very, very, very lopsided way. Per pro football focus, 46% of Jalen Hurts' attempts were for 10-plus yards, which is more than anyone in the league. His offensive line is getting back healthy here. Um, their pass block win rate per ESPN last year was a 61%, which was 7th best in the league. You can only expect that to increase as the returns of Brandon Brooks and Lane Johnson back to this right side of the starting offensive line will really help this team move the ball forward. And Nick Sirianni here. I know, rookie head coach. Got a lot on his plate in terms of never calling plays before either. But he's designing this offense around Jalen Hurts. And all they care about is winning. And if they if if all they care about is winning, then Jalen Hurts is going to be the guy to make some plays here and there. It might not look the prettiest, i.e. Josh Allen in year two, if you remember that correctly. And oh, I remember. And Josh Allen, you know, to be fair, he had a cannon arm. He just had it. He just had to be reined in a little bit. And you know what they did in Buffalo has definitely helped him become the quarterback he is today. But in Jalen Hurts' sense, you know, he's got the legs. He can move around, which is very important for this offensive line and for everything they're trying to run. They want to get the ball into the hands of their playmakers early. That's why we bring in Devontae Smith. Jalen Rager's looking to take a step in year two. And let them make the plays down the field after that. So I'm expecting the completion centers to go up. I'm expecting them to run some read options, some things that they're not showing in the preseason at all. And so Sirianni, Coach Sirianni, has talked about how that's going to be an advantage to them. Is not putting anything on tape in the preseason at now. But if you take what you get from uh, the practice reports and everything, you can expect Jalen Hurts to just be a solid quarterback for you this year. And he will provide that rushing floor where you're going to look up and he might have a couple picks, but at the end of the day, he's going to net you about 17 to 18 points. And that's enough to, you know, win your, help you win your weeks in fantasy. I mean, you really said it all there. You, you really did. Well done. Well done. Just a, just a quick round of applause for you. Um, no, I, I'm in on Jalen Hurts. I'm in on this Eagles offense this year. Uh, it, it, just to throw it out there, because you mentioned Devonta Smith, but let's not forget uh, Kenneth Gainwell, I believe you guys brought in, pass catching running back. Uh, I think he played at. Played with Memphis. Uh, same, 
yes, the alma mater of the man Antonio Gibson. So I really like that. Memphis running backs have kind of had this shtick for the past few years about being these pass-catching elitists. So mm-hmm. I think that's a great addition for Jalen Hurts. Not that he may lean on that a lot, but he has the rushing floor, as you mentioned. They bring in Devonta Smith. Jalen Rager had a rough start to camp, but lately there seems to be some better news. I saw the one-handed catch in the back of the end zone. That was really pretty. Um, so it, it's kind of an all-systems go for this Eagles offense, and I think they're you, – you mentioned it. They're a team that wants to win. So that's a team that, in my eyes, is going to want to stay in games no matter the cost. And – I see no reason to be out on Jalen Hurts right now. He's going in the eighth round currently. And let's just talk about some of the guys that you're looking at getting around here. Uh, Mainly the one guy going in front of him who I think shines the most is Jerry Judy. If you're really like looking to take that shot on a uh, second year wide receiver in Denver, you know, they have the quarterback issues, but otherwise around him, you've got Antonio Brown, Juju Smith, Schuster, And then after him, you have David Johnson, Ryan Tannehill, Robbie Anderson, and Robert Tanya. And just to give the breakdown of the guys going right there, Ryan Tannehill, another running quarterback, but on a run-heavy offense. Not exactly the option you may want to go with, even with the addition of Julio. You've got David Johnson uh, right there as well, and that's a muddled backfield. Robbie Anderson is a streaky guy at best. So if you're looking quarterback there... Based on your team construction, Jalen Hurts could be the guy. Yeah, and I do like Rob Robbie Anderson. I've been liking him all offseason, especially where he's going right now. Um, also, Robert Tunyon is starting to get a little bit of hype um, out of Packer camp up north there. And uh, if that's the case, then if you if you already take a quarterback early, then you can look at some of those guys there. But I think that's the uh, the eighth ninth round is a is a sweet spot to get quarterbacks um, in this year's drafts, and so I would start looking at that group and looking for upside, especially. And I can still get some upside plays in in the double digit rounds as you know insurance. Like I can go and get myself a Justin Fields, a Trey Lance. I can get a. Uh, uh, Baker Mayfield or such, or a Ben Roethlisberger if I really wanted to deep, dive deep. So if I was looking, playing early season schedule. So you can take Jalen Hurts and you'll spot play him in some situations because the Eagles are not playing a difficult schedule this year due to their finish last year. So you can you can pinpoint a few games where you can say that Jalen Hurts is going to dominate the game. And at that point, it could be a weak winning performance. 